welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, everyone, and welcome back to the show. And just want to let everyone know, uh, we just crushed 20K downloads on the show, almost 21,000 downloads now. And uh, so we're absolutely buzzing with the program. And thank you to everyone, you know, who continues to, to tune in every week. Appreciate appreciate all of you for all your support and engagement. And uh, you guys are truly, you know, what makes this community uh, so special to be a part of. Um, but today on the show, you know, I have Kevin Patrick, my old associate head coach from UVM, former NCAA national champ with Wisconsin as an assistant coach there. And uh, over a 20-year Division One NCAA coach at the next level, including several stints in the USHL and New England prep circuit as well. And Coach Patrick is is just a, an incredibly knowledgeable coach. He's he's one of the best coaches I ever had, and um, you know, but he's he's been at the next level for so long now, over 30 years coaching at the next level. And I know you guys are just going to love what he has to say about you know what coaches are looking for at the next level, um, you know how you can get on their radar, and ultimately how you can eventually get a scholarship and play division one college hockey and KP isn't a huge fan of doing radio. So, uh, you know, he sort of focuses on the process in the shadows, but it was, it was a privilege to have him on to, to talk about some goaltending development. And uh, like I said, I know you guys are going to love our combo today. Uh, shout out to my newest patron this week, Adrian Daw hailing from Mexico city, Mexico and uh, joining the hacktivist introductory tier. And so cool to have Adrian join our clan from South of the U S border as we haven't had anyone, um, join the program uh, from out there yet. So super excited to have you, Adrian. Welcome to the Inner Circle Clan. And as you guys know, I announced at the beginning of the month uh, that we're doing a big Christmas sale under all our annual mentorship program tiers, where if you sign up for our annual subscription uh, for any of the tiers available in the Inner Circle program, you'll receive, you'll receive 10% off your package for the entire year. So if you're interested in becoming more consistent, increasing your performance, or uh, trying to get you know scouts and coaches' attention at the next level, sending recruiting emails, stuff like that, then the Goalie Hacks Inner Circle Mentorship Program is certainly for you. So if you're interested in what all the different tiers are and, and what kind of value you can get out of each one, just head to patreon.com slash goaliehacks or head to the link in the episode description to get all the details on each tier to have an opportunity to get started today. Also, shout out to our other main sponsor, NeuroTracker. And if you're stuck at home and have no access to ice and are just, you know, getting rustier by the day, well, for, for just a few hundred bucks, you can get access to the new and improved NeuroTracker X system where you can take it wherever you want and, and do it as often as you want and make sure you're staying sharp away from the rink. So if you're interested in more details, you can, you can uh, you know, hit me up directly and send me a DM if you have any questions. Or if you want to get started today, just head to the link in the episode show notes or episode description to visit their website and check out all the details for yourself. But without further ado, let's jump right into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Coach Patrick and I had today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show, I have uh, the pleasure of being joined by an old friend and coach of mine uh, during my time at the University of Vermont, current Culver Academy prep head coach, Kevin Patrick. And Coach Patrick played for Deerfield Academy from 84 to 88. And after prep school, went on to spend four years at Notre Dame, being named the captain of the team in his final two seasons. After college, KP spent a year playing pro hockey all the way up to the AHL level before deciding to get into coaching, becoming an assistant coach 
for Deerfoot Academy in 1993. Since then, Coach Patrick has gone on to spend over five years coaching prep hockey, over three years coaching at the USHL level, one year coaching the USA World Junior Championship team, and over 20 years coaching at the NCAA Division I level. And as of recently, like I mentioned, became the director of hockey and head prep coach for Culver Academy. And for the people that don't know, Coach Patrick won an NCAA D1 National Championship with Wisconsin his first year with the team back in 2006 and had a very strong hand in recruiting a lot of the players that made another national title bid with Wisconsin again in 2010. He was a great leader and a great model for me at UVM, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the show today. KP, how you doing, buddy? Super glad to have you on, man. I'm great. It's great to be here, Michael, and uh, great to be uh, have an opportunity to talk a little bit of hockey with you. Yeah, yeah, well, great to have you on, Coach. I, I know... Uh, you're a little reluctant to come on. I know you're not a big radio guy, so I appreciate you doing me a favor and, and coming on to talk some goalie development and, um, you know, just bring some value to the uh, to the audience. But obviously, you know, you have an amazing coaching resume and uh, have been coaching at the highest levels of hockey for almost 30 years now, which is just wild to say. So, you know, I just need to be a, an amazing fit for the show. Well, I appreciate that and I appreciate you pushing me. You know, I I said, yeah, I feel like I do my best work <laughs> in, in the rinks and, uh, and that, but uh jumping on the radio and, and talking about something I'm passionate about and, you know, helping, helping young men uh, develop and, and pursue their goals and dreams and uh, being able to, to talk a little bit about that. And you start throwing things out there like 30 years, that's a little scary. Are you, even, are you even 30? Yeah. So no, I'm not even, I, I just I turned 27 in March. So. Right. So that's a little scary, but I, I've been really lucky. I've been at great places, worked for great people and work and worked with some great, uh, great young men. So, yeah, yeah. Well, for, for people listening that don't know, coach Patrick was my uh, associate head coach during my time at UVM and, uh, we became good friends there. He did an amazing job at, at supporting my development, you know, during my time there and, uh, can't thank him enough for everything. So coach just want to make it public that I'm just so grateful for our time together. And I uh, just want to thank you for everything you've done for me over the years. I was grateful for the opportunity to have worked together during our time at UVM. Well, it, it was my pleasure. You know, for me doing this, uh, it's it's always fun to work with someone that has a hunger and drive to get better. And that's something you brought to the table. So, you know, when, when, when coaches uh, experience that with players, uh, it makes coming, coming to the rink and, and being involved uh, – you know, so much, so, so enjoyable and, and the, the things mm. achieved together are great. Yeah. Yeah. So how have things been going during, during COVID so far for you and your program? You know, it's been, as everybody knows, it's been quite a year uh, here at Culver. We're real lucky from a standpoint of we have the resources. So we've been able to, we have two rinks right on campus, the ability for the kids to be on the ice, uh, you know, training has been great. You know, we've had a couple bumps because we, we're aggressive. We test our, our kids twice a week. So we're going wow. to catch things before symptoms happen and before maybe other people in the hockey world are catching things. So it's yeah. just to have to take a step back a couple times along the way uh, for the overall safety of the school. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, our kids have been on the ice since August 15th, and we just came off a week where we were able to play nine games in 10 days. So Wow. Was that exhibition or? No, it was just uh, rescheduling and, and finding a way to, uh, you know, we played our first weekend in, in late October, October 23rd weekend. And then we, we, uh, we got shut down, just uh, had a couple cases and, 
you know, we're shut down from, from playing outside competition for a period of time and mm-hmm. uh, just were able to come back to things uh, over the last two weeks. And, you know, we had some great, uh, great competition uh, come into town with, in the likes of the AAA ranks with, with Victory Honda and Team Illinois and mm. St. Louis, uh, you know, those teams were all in, um, you know, over the last two weeks. Well, it's sick that you guys are, are getting into games. I know there's probably going to be stoppages here and there, but I, I uh, you know, I wish you guys the best of luck as you roll into the season. Um, hopefully not too many more shutdowns with sort of the vaccine rolling out and stuff like that. Hopefully we get it under control soon. But you think you'll have like a, like a playoff? format something you know right now you know our goal with our team is is to uh compete in the mid-am districts and play in the usa hockey uh national championships uh that are usually at the end of march you know mm. USA hockey because they had to cancel it last year they're 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 being aggressive and doing all they can to you know provide that opportunity uh you know for their constituents and you know they're they haven't made any changes yet it's still for the end of March, but they also have talked about uh, being flexible and, and moving it back a little bit if necessary. So mm. that, that's our goal. Um, you know, we'll, uh, you know, teams like Shattuck, St. Mary's, teams like Mount St. Charles, out mm-hmm. Island, um, you know, within, within their own uh, districts within USA Hockey, we're all hoping for that opportunity. Yeah. It's a little different. You know, this weekend coming up, normally we'd be headed out to you know, a prep school tournament in Boston playing in the Groton Lawrence tournament. Uh, and unfortunately, that's not happening this year, which gives us a good combination. We play a, a hybrid schedule of both prep schools and AAA programs. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a that's every year is a real good trip for us to uh, go out and play some of the Eastern New England boarding schools. So that's right. an appointment that we won't have that this year. Yeah, well, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, um, but I kind of want to dive right in uh, to the convo. I got a lot of questions for you, and we got some awesome stuff to go over that I'm excited to chat about. Um, but maybe you can just start off briefly by sharing, you know, your a bit of your story and how we got to where we are today. Obviously, I mentioned some things, but uh, maybe fill in the gaps a bit. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, I was lucky enough to play prep and then play uh, play at Notre Dame, and you know, actually had an injury my junior year, which which led me to at that point to start to think about coaching. Um, it was, mm. it hadn't really been on my radar screen at, you know, when I was playing, you think you're going to play for a while and then do some things, yeah. you know, then an injury happens. And so that's when I you know, started thinking about it, that my junior year at Notre Dame, you know, played a year in the, uh, of, of minor pro hockey and realized, you know, that, you know, I, it wasn't going to be a long future as a player. And then mm. the opportunity to get back into, uh, you know, to get started Deerfield and get into coaching, you know, I jumped at that and, and lucky enough to over the years to, to work at some great places, some great coaches um, after, four, you know, four years in prep and a year in USHL to spend, you know, over 20 years in division one and win a championship uh, has been great. It, it, really lucky to, you know, to have those opportunities to work with some great players, um, you know, both that have gone on to play at the highest level and others that are, you know, are doing things uh, outside of hockey, uh, but the contributions that they're making are, are excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we want to dive right into your, your coaching career. Obviously you had a, an incredibly standout tenure in Notre Dame, uh, one of the best college hockey programs in the country as a captain, uh, as well as your final two seasons. 
Um, but since you have a lot of experience in sort of the prep route, I want to dive into that first. And maybe you can just sort of break down, uh, you know, the benefits of going that route versus going straight to juniors for, for people who are on the fence right now. Yeah, the prep school route's a great opportunity. Um, it's very similar to, uh, to college in that you have your, your daily academic routine. You finish your academic day, you head to the rink, you, know, you do your training, your, your practice, your off-ice training. Uh, you know, get out of the rink, get dinner, you know, do some studying and, uh, you know, shut her down and, and then get ready to do it all again. You're probably playing two, maybe three games a week. Um, so that idea of balancing and the time management that goes into, you know, balancing the academics and, and hockey, uh, you know, on campus is, is something that prepares somebody very well. Uh, for uh, their goal of playing college hockey. And yeah. it's one of the you know, great opportunities that you have uh, with playing uh, prep school hockey uh, before junior hockey. It also gives you an opportunity to represent your school. Um, and and yeah. kid, kids you're sitting in the classroom with are there banging on the glass on a, on a Saturday afternoon. And so that tie to something yeah. uh, beyond, beyond your team is great. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, it's funny, this conversation has come up a lot as of recently with uh, amenities and facilities, because uh, people say to me, you know, the prep route is kind of expensive. And obviously there's financial, there's a need based financial aid and stuff like that. But from uh, somebody kind of ran the numbers with me and they're like, well, when you play AAA midget, you know, like you were driving to Orangeville, which is an hour away from here you know, to, to AP with my junior team. And then you're going to Toronto to practice with your midget team. And then you're going to goalie school. So between the time and the travel, the money, um, everything spent, it's, it actually almost comes out uh, throughout an entire season. If you're traveling, staying at hotels and stuff like that, it's actually a lot closer than, than people think. What do you think about that? You're absolutely right. And I, I always tell families that are, you know, considering looking at the prep school option is, Get all the answers, right? Go through the process, get all the answers because yeah, you can look at the, you know, the price tag of a prep school. It's, you know, they're, you know, they're pushing what, what colleges cost, but then you yeah. step back, like you said, and look at the time, both time and money spent playing AAA hockey. And, and, and you look at maybe what, after you do get your financial aid package, you might, you do realize that, Hey, this is a lot closer. And now, you know, you have you have an opportunity to pursue excellence uh, academically and athletically, as well as you know, experience some things you probably never thought you'd experience. Uh, yeah. You know, growing up in Toronto, when you get on campus, and <laughs> you know, I mean, it's way different, man. It was such a big culture <laughs> shock for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's different, it, it, but you know, I always say, you know, hockey's what bring brings kids to those institutions, and yeah, and. You know what they get to experience. You know, gives them uh, a wealth of, of knowledge and things for a lifetime. Yeah, no, I know. I'm. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, I made that jump, and and it was a big culture shock for me. But I always look back at my experience in prep, and honestly, think it it changed my life entirely. Not just hockey, but my maturity level. Um, you know, my my confidence in my ability to like pursue a, a very serious professional career and like finance, for example, which comes after all that but you know i think that a lot of guys when when hockey eventually ends for all of us i guess right and uh prep really kind of starts you down that road of one being a successful player but also post hockey having a, a very successful professional life 
Um, but kind of pertaining to the hockey side of things for goalies who are typically making that jump uh, to prep hockey from minor hockey, you know, where do you, where do you see them typically struggle the most at that level? Well, I think one of the things that initially uh, jumps out is, is the commitment. Um, you know, you've probably, uh, you know, six days a week for sure. And probably even on that seventh day doing something for your body, which is a lot of times different than in their minor hockey. Um, they may not right. practice every day. Um, they may practice two or three times a week and then have their games and it, it might not be an everyday commitment. So for the first time uh, for someone going to a prep school, uh, the commitment uh, gets ramped up quite a bit. Uh, the other thing that, that happens initially for some is they're playing, depending when they, they head to prep school is they might be playing against older, older guys for the first time in their life, right. Getting out of their age right. and playing against older guys. So that adjustment, you know, to the, uh, to the game and, and playing with older players for the first time, I think is one of the, one of the things that takes, uh, takes some time for, uh, for some, some kids to adjust to, um, you know, when, when you came through and, and when I was there and even now, um, you know, you could have uh, you could have a 16 year old playing against a 19 year old. Well, you know, that, right. that happens in junior hockey, but um, you know, it might be the first time coming out of minor hockey when they experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for goalies that, that seem to go on and do great things in juniors and college post prep, you know, what are some of the underlying themes, uh, you know, you see those, you see in those guys that you think allows them to be so successful later on? I think the, the, their ability to, to focus and be disciplined, uh, to develop a, 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 a routine both on and off the ice, uh, mm. that, that aspect of, of their development really allows them, if they can, if they can develop a, a strong routine, you know, pre-practice routine when they're walking across campus, when, you know, and they enter the rink and, you know, they've already flipped the switch or not two drills in before they realize, Hey, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a practice and that mental capacity. And then the discipline to take care of their body and understand what their body needs Right. Okay. Is it a training session? Do I need uh, Do I need to get a lift in today, or is it more of a, a rollout and and ice bath and right. er, learning what their body is going to need to play a play a full season and be healthy? You know, I think that that focus and discipline, if they learn it at the prep level, really will serve them well in juniors and college. Yeah, I feel like the prep is just. Uh... You know, for for guys, even even from a game standpoint, like guys going to play juniors when they're like 16 years old, like they're they're hobbling into college. I mean, even at UVM, we had guys that played five years of junior. They're hobbling in with no hip, no shoulder, all this all this stuff. Right. Um, You know, I, I like in my opinion, in a season, if you're getting 15 to 20 games, you know, that's pretty good development for a goalie. I, I don't know what your take is on that. Um, yeah, no, I think. I think that's uh, absolutely um, part of it, right? I mean, you depending which prep school you go to, you know, some some play split seasons out in New England, um, you know, at a place like right. Culver and Shattuck. You know, you play for one team because you start a little, you're able to start earlier in the fall. Um, but that that game limit uh, of not at the midget level playing seventy or eighty games, what a goalie needs and and what their body can take uh, mm-hmm. in the wear and tear. I mean, over time, definitely 
provides a great opportunity um, for concentrated development, uh, as you say, but with the combination, the balance of practice to game ratio. Yeah. And then I guess for goalies, uh, you know, on the recruiting side of things for, for kids looking to go the prep route, you know, what should they be doing to get more exposure to start talking to some coaches? Like, you know, where, what tournaments do you go to? Uh, you know, how can they kind of get on your radar um, and then get involved in the admission process as well? I think one of the biggest things along those lines, Mike, is the uh, is to reach out with the with the Internet, with what's available online right now. If that is a path that they're thinking about and they, they don't even need to be sure about it. But if it's something mm. they're just starting to explore to reach out, introduce themselves, not that different than, you know, what might happen with the college level at times. Hey, you know, uh, I'm Bill Smith and, uh, uh, you know, I this is a team I play for. Here's my schedule. I've started to do research on um, prep schools and, and love to learn more about your program. And then us as coaches, you know, we can connect them with the admissions office because mm. it's a process of families learning about us. And then us, you know, Hey, this, this is a, it's a young man who's expressed some interest. Um, he's playing in this tournament at this time, or, you know, we, right. we do a lot with the USA hockey districts and in, in summer, but, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, prep schools are close enough that hey, tournaments, whether it's a tournament in Boston, a tournament in Chicago, you know, we'll get to those things and watch. Mm. You know, if you now you're going in with four or five kids that you know are considering the prep school route, well, it allows you a, a more targeted uh, viewing of that young. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, no, it, it's contact the coaches first and then get involved in that admissions process. That's probably the better way to go about it. Yeah, and again, it goes both ways. Uh, some, some, uh, you know, some websites, pro, you know, don't pr provide all the coaches' information. I, you know, Eric Culvert's on there. How to how to get to me? But um, you might need to start with the admissions office and then ask for the coaches' contact. Either way, what what's some uh, what's some tournaments like in the summer and stuff that you guys regularly attend your coaching staff? Well, we'll do the. Uh, you know, we'll do, as I said, the, the district tournaments, then we'll do, uh, you know, a lot of times we might be out at the, the bean town, uh, mm. Austin, um, the CCM 68, uh, which was the old sixes this year in Chicago. Yeah. We were at that. We'll definitely be, uh, in a normal non COVID year. We'll be at the, you know, the USA hockey national camps for the, uh, the mm -hmm. 15, 16s and 17 year olds. And, you know, that brings the, you know, the district's uh, top players together and puts them on a national scene and gives us the opportunity mm -hmm. to see players compete from different areas uh, uh, with players across the country. So those are, those are great opportunities. Uh, but the, you know, the number of tournaments that have, have grown, you know, like say Beantown's a big one, Chowder, you know, uh, Mini Chowder Cup is a, another big one. Those are two big ones out east. Um, and then there's, you know, throughout Chicago and Minnesota, there, there's other tournaments. And yeah, the best thing is just letting people know where you're going to be. Like, hey, here's my, mm. here's my, here's my spring and summer schedule. Um, you know, looking for, hopefully have a chance to, to come see me play. And that's, uh, yeah. That's one of the, the best things uh, because kids play on you know multiple teams. They'll in the off season they'll be at different events with different teams. So you know that communication right. go, just goes a long way. Yeah, and now moving on your your three years of uh, experience as a junior coach at the USHL level, 
you know, where do you where do you see goalies typically struggle the most when they're trying to make that transition to tier one junior in the U.S.? I think one of the things is the speed of the game. Um, you mm-hmm. each time you move up a level, you realize that you know p- more and more players can hurt you. Um, right. You, you have your you have your super talented players that are your top six forwards, but all of a sudden you get a D coming down the wing who can and really shoot it. And you know where in the past maybe you weren't thinking that was that big a threat, but all of a sudden now that you know they're the release and, and the velocity that, you know, players are shooting at. So that, that transition with the pace of the game uh, definitely is, it, and how quickly things happen of, of realizing the focus necessary to, open. Right. there's no, uh, as you well know, there's no time off, right. As you move, you know, taking a break with it when the play is going on, because right. when, it, when it's, you know, when it's coming up ice, you're, you're, the better you can make that early read on what you see. And, and I think seeing the second, second layer, the second layer of uh, threats right. um, and, and being able to read that is what really uh, determines how quickly, you know, a, a goaltender adjusts uh, to the next level. Um, there's always, yeah. you got to always focus on that first shot. And uh, as a coach, I'll always say, Hey, your number one priority is, is making that first save. Right. We've got team defense in front of you. That'll take care of, uh, you know, clearing the net out. But you well know that, you know, when that puck starts going laterally, um, you you, the more you can understand, hey, I've got a a near post threat. I've got a a far dot threat. And if he's going to go laterally with this, you know, what your push needs to be. And and hey, can I if I'm deep in my net, am I in trouble? Do I have to be out? Mm -hmm. I think that change of, of yes understanding first shot threats but then what they're you know what that puck carrier has for options um really yeah. determine how quickly you know a goaltender adjusts to the next level yeah and i guess for for goalies that seem to go on and, and do great things in juniors and college post prep you know what are sort of some of those underlying themes there that, that you see in those guys that allows them to be successful at that next level well, I think one of the biggest thing besides what we just talked about is, and it go to just physical skills is you you want to be athletic and, and being athletic allow, you know, two specific things is, you know, being a great skater and being able to handle the puck. Right. So, yeah. you know, those two skills as players move up and seeing the players, you know, that have success, um, the ability to handle a puck and get back there. And, and you were great at this, uh, be a third defenseman you know, that helps a, a team out so much. It makes it so hard to forecheck, you know, so that's something that uh, young goalies should be working on all the time. Um, the sooner they can, can develop, you know, their strength with being able to stop a puck and fire a puck. Um, and, and the ones who get really good at it makes, you know, such a help for team defense and the skating. Um, yeah. You really got to be a strong skater. Um, in this day and age with, with how fast the game is and how it, it moves East West, uh, that that skate, uh, is such an important tool. And you can see as, as players continue to move up, you, you're actually wowed by how good goalies can skate. Yeah, I know it used to be, uh, we joke about it with some other guys that came on the show. It used to be the goalie in the net was the worst skater. Now they're, they're the best skaters on the team almost, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, taking that in conjunction, 
no position has become more specialized over the last mm-hmm. years with the, the goalie coaches and, and the video and the focus on, on that position. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of dynamics uh, on an individual level. And the, I think the ones who, who make, uh, are able to make the jump, take those individual skills and that personal development, but thou can, can implement that into game and team settings. And, you know, that's a, that's a big piece, I think, for the successful goalies. Um, you know, with you know the, the 18 guys uh, on the bench and, and playing in front of them, you know, wanting to play for them. And, you know, that's by, that's partly being, being a great teammate is developing that. And you, at times yeah. put themselves on an Island, right. They just, uh, you know, they, it, people think, Oh, he's just a goalie. He's doing his thing. He's getting ready. Yeah. But there's an important piece of, you know, making sure there's a connection with your teammates. And mm. there, there's a, I think there's a strong balance between the two that goes hand in hand with then, you know, pl- wanting to play in front of a goalie. Like, you know, you can tell teams when they have confidence in their goalie and they're going to, they're going to block shots. They're going to do a lot right. to not give up, uh, you know, some chances that takes a commitment and you can tell they're really playing for, for their goaltender. Yeah. And I guess on the recruiting side of things for, for people to, you know, make that jump to the, the USHL level, you know, what should they be doing to, to get more exposure and to kind of get on that radar? What sort of the recruiting process look like to eventually sign a sign a deal on a team there? Yeah, the, the junior leagues have done a great job. So with, with the step to junior hockey, you know, the video availability um, that most of the leagues have is great. So you, you want to always have that ability to provide um, video if a coach at the next level asks for it. Right. Um, you know, but then... Similar to what we talked about with prep, um, you know, reaching out and ex- expressing some interest, and and you, yes, I think it's a, it's safe to say that you know most kids would say, yeah, I take any of the sixty Division One programs, right? And you add in, you know, another eighty Division Three programs, you'd love to have the opportunity to play college hockey. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, if you've done some research, if you have either a part of the country or a particular major, some of those things that shows, you know, a coaching staff, hey, this guy has done some homework. He knows he knows our goalie needs, at least on paper. He knows what our school mm. offer. And, and again, to reach out and just say, hey, you know, I'm playing the USHL. My first year in the USHL, you know, in the fall, I just made uh, Muskegon. You know, I have the opportunity, you know, wanted to let you know, um, you know, th- that communication, mm-hmm. uh, I've got interest in your program for X, Y, and Z reason. And, you know, th- again, I wouldn't tell you to do that to all 60 division one teams, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, if there are some, as you start the process, there's nothing wrong with doing reaching, right. reaching out and, yeah. you know, at the same time, Hey, if, you know, there's a school that's not part of the, you know, the five or six that you make the initial, you, you, you definitely love to explore that opportunity that they might be offering you. So it, it kind of go hand in hand as you move forward. Yeah. And, and now diving into your, your 20 plus year coaching college hockey division one level, where do you typically see a lot of goalies struggle with the most when, when they're first trying to transition to D one hockey as a freshman? I think it's, 
I think it's the priorities. Uh, you get on, you, you get on college campus and, and you know, yeah. the academics, there's the athletics and then there's the social and right. you know, there's actually a, you know, a joke or a saying, which is truth to it. You can only do two of the three. Well, yeah. <laughs> so if you're, well, hitting, you're, you're, uh, you're the big academic guy. So you know that for sure. Right. You, you know, something's got, something's got to give, there's just only so much time in a day. Right. 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 You, you have your, your, your hockey window. Um, but that hockey window might need to be longer, right? You might need to do certain things after practice. Right. But if you're running out of the rink because you're, you're, you're loving the social scene, well, that might take something away from hockey or, you know what, you're putting it up, you know, you're doing what you need to do on the hockey side and the social side. Well, that might impact the academics. So I would say one yeah. of the things is time management and, and, and yeah. prioritizing uh, you know, you top what's top of your list, and there's time to do all three, just not every day, right? And the other big thing that happens at times is a freshman coming in. It might be the first time in their career that they're they're not a starter, um, they're not the go-to guy. And okay, what's the mindset of playing behind somebody? You know, potentially right. first time, and, and what that looks like. What you know, most colleges have three goalies. You know, what practice, what time in the net looks like in a given practice. And mm. you might need to, to find time outside of formal practice to do more. You know, you might need to get on the ice in the morning to do some of the you know, things your goalie coach, you know, watch you. To right. Do. And usually you're doing one one goalie practice a week, right? Yeah. And so you might need to do a second one, you know, on your own. And uh, though, so that you can be prepared for the opportunity that's going to present itself because uh, mm. it's going to present itself at some point, you know, it might be, Hey, you know, the, the guy, the old, the junior, who's the starter, you know, we're going to play him three to year one. It might be as, right. as that uh, initially, or it might be, Hey, you know, he's got the net until something happens and we tell you otherwise. And now you're, mm. you know, you're, you're sitting back and trying to do everything to be prepared knowing that you're, you're probably not going to know when your number gets called. But, yeah, for sure. You know, when you're the starter, you, you have a good idea. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting Friday night and if things go well. I'm probably getting Saturday night. And if you're the backup of freshman trying to, to, to say to the coach, Hey, play me, I, I'm ready. It, it is all about being ready. Cause you don't, you don't know when that's going to come. And it could be, could be an injury. Uh, that happens that week in practice. It could be an injury in a game. It could be a momentum shift in a game where a coach, all of a sudden he's going to make a change and there, you have no advance notice. So being prepared for that opportunity when it comes. Yeah, well, maybe we can sort of dive into, because I, I love talking about this this idea of opportunity. Uh, maybe we can kind of dive into, um, you know, my initial uh, you know, rewind it back a bit to my time at UVM. I just want to kind of uh, go through, you know, how things unfolded there and sort of your expectations of me coming in versus what ended up happening. Um, but before I came to UVM, what was sort of the expectation for me coming in in terms of games and minutes and, and ability to compete from the coaching staff? Yeah, you would, you know, we'd seen you at Avon, then you go out to Surrey and, and you guys have a great year. You play into, into May, um, you know, all the way to the finals. And, uh, 
you know, so, you know, clearly you had established yourself um, as, as, you know, a guy who can do, you know, can compete for time. And so mm-hmm. coming in, you know, that was looking at it going, okay. Um, and you've probably heard this before is okay. Each time you went up a level, people were probably wondering, well, okay, can he do it at the next level? Right. Exactly. Right. Can he do it at the next level with his size? Right. You're, you're right. super high compete. You were aggressive. You could handle the puck, but you know, you were people um, call it, you're an undersized goalie, you know, in this day and age yeah. where goalies are six, three, six, four, you were an undersized goalie. So now you're saying, okay, you know, what can Michael do at the next level? And, mm. but you're, our big thing that we always say said was Michael's compete is going to give himself a chance. Mm. We didn't know at what point that was going to happen. Uh, yeah. But we knew that your compete level and how you worked was going to give you, put you in position to have a chance when the opportunity presented itself. And that was probably yeah, and then, our biggest talk as a coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had our, our first five games, uh, my freshman year, if you remember, we played North Dakota, Penn state and Notre Dame first five games. We went two, two and one, uh, which ended up being huge for us. Cause we ended up making the tournament that year, but you, you remember Hoff got hurt and that's when I was sort of uh, thrown into the fire with North Dakota right out at the gate. Um, but what was your expectation in terms of how, how um, you know, how you thought I was going to do before the games and then after the five games, you know, what were your first impression of, of me as a freshman? Yeah. I mean, you talk about a big stage for your, uh, <laughs> for your first. <laughs> I mean, there, there are not many stages in the college hockey division one college hockey bigger than, you know, playing and playing at, uh, at North Dakota. Um, yeah. you know, it's a great environment, but it can be a super intimidating environment. And, you know, when they, totally. the way they score, they, they can get rolling down. really yeah. at you down. They got the, the drums, they got the fireworks in the building. They got the, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The student section screaming at you, yeah, they got the, you know, it's oh, great. And, uh, yeah. but that being said, you know, I always, what I always impressed me about you was your, you thrived on things like that. Like though, mm-hmm. I think that was almost a perfect storm for the environment to throw you into. Um, yeah. Because of your competitiveness of how you looked at those things, you, mm-hmm. you, you always had a, a, I won't be denied attitude. Mm-hmm. And you know what, if it's on the biggest stage, even better. And so, <laughs> Uh, more people to see yeah so it's like you know that the ability to try and prove people wrong and and yeah but but also a belief in yourself and those things give people confidence in you right your teammates had confidence and and as coaches we had confidence that and i think from the nhl right on down right now it's probably uh changed from what it once was or yeah you know, that guy's our guy and not mm-hmm. have more than one guy. Um, yeah. That, and that's what we always wanted to be able to have is okay. If something does happen that we have faith in, in the next guy, next man up, the next guy yeah. in. And you know, that's, and you, you earned that, right? I mean, you, you made the most of, of the opportunity to earn that yeah. as well. 
Yeah. And I think that yeah. idea right there of earning it, right? You know, you, yeah. you're competitive and you're prepared and you're ready. And now you got to go, when you're given the opportunity, you've got to make the most of it and earn more. Yeah. And that looks like, and, and when we say earn more, make the most of the opportunity, it's ultimately winning the games that you're, you're thrown into, right? Whatever, whoever you're playing. Absolutely. You know, it's like uh, one of the things I was, you know, jotting down as, as I was looking at, you know, thinking about our discussion today is yeah, there's a lot of goalies that make saves, right? They, hey, yeah. you know, we, we made 35 saves, you know, but they lost 4-1. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you got to have goalies that can win you games. And, mm. you know, and part of that is being able to do the job when the game gets is on the line or the game gets tightest. And, um, you know, some goalies, you know, if they're seeing 30, you know, 25 plus shots, well, you know, they get it, they're into the game and they're into the rhythm of things. And, and they'll tell you, well, I, you know, I was in it from the start. Well, that might not be every game. You know, we're trying to coach our, our team to not give up 30 plus shots. So right. how are you in a game when you see 18 shots and all of a sudden there's, you know, a big push late in the third period by, you know, you, maybe you've seen 12 to 15 shots through, you know, through two and a half periods. And the next thing you know, you're seeing, you know, six to 10 in the last 10 minutes. Right. You know, so those that to, to your point of saying, Hey, winning games, like given the opportunity and helping your team win games and that, ultimately uh, is how you earn the next start and the, and the start after that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can just break down sort of, obviously we're, we're on this topic of opportunity and, but really understanding the importance of taking advantage of it when, you know, because usually it comes when you least expect it and you have to be ready for it. Right. And because at the next level, uh, literally one game can oftentimes in hindsight, make or break a, a career at that level, right? Obviously one game doesn't define your whole career, but you know, one game can dramatically change the goalie situation where you are, how much opportunity that will lead to. For example, my, the, when I first started, right, you know, we, we thought, uh, Hoff was going to come in. I was going to kind of take a back seat to him. All of a sudden he goes down and, and I'm forced into a starter role against some amazing teams. And then I proved to you guys that I can play and I took advantage of that. And I look back at that and I see as that that opening first five games, the first three weeks of my college career probably changed the entire face of, of my time at UVM and, and how much uh, you guys were willing to play me because I proved myself. Right. So maybe you can just break down how important it is to recognize and, and take advantage of opportunity for, for goalies that are trying to get to the next level so that way they can stand out. Yeah, I think you, you hit it very well with saying you you have to prepare, no matter what you're being told, you know, uh, you have to prepare as if, you know, yourself to be ready to play that next game. Um, you know, and that's a daily process, both physically and mentally, you know, physically to get the shots and, and the extra work that you need. And that mentally to prepare, not get the call, and then go back and do it again, right? Yeah. And and that takes a a mental component. Um, you know, when you're dressing, you know, you're dressing twenty for the game. You know, eighteen of the nineteen guys on the bench are probably going to you know play that game. That eighteenth yeah. guy 
there, you know, there's going to be many nights where he won't. Um, but the, the preparation uh, physically and mentally to, to be ready. And, and, you know, you might get that opportunity. And if you haven't, haven't prepared with, with, you know, all scenarios in mind, you may miss the opportunity. Um, yeah. You know, you go in and, you know, all of a sudden, like you say, use your, use your career or those first five games. Uh, if you didn't have, you know, the success and, and success can be defined differently. Yeah. Ultimately it's to win. Yeah. Games. But in that stretch, as you said, we go two, two and one. Um, if, you know, how you presented yourself in those games was different. Um, maybe we're looking for Hoff to come back from the injury and, and get yeah. to riding him again. Um, mm. But you forced our hand, you built the trust both with your teammates and with the coaching staff that, you know, you, you were ready for that opportunity and you're ready for more. And uh, yeah, I like how you said there, uh, force, forced your hand, force your hand. And I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, you know, cause you just see a lot of goalies, right. And opportunity comes in, in a lot of different ways in terms of you're playing like, you know, opportunity that weekend was, Hey, we're playing North Dakota. They're a top five team here. You're a freshman. You know, it's an opportunity to make a statement that, Hey, you can go toe to toe with the best in the country. Right. And, you know, we didn't win the first night and we put up a pretty good fight, but just even tying the second night was, was huge. Right. It, it, uh, it proved that, you know, I, I was finding ways to, to try and win those games to helping the team win against the best in the country. Um, but maybe you can just touch on, you know, when you're facing circumstances that are, that are like totally against you, you're on a weak team, you're in a bad situation, you're getting 60, 70 shots a game. You know, what does taking advantage of, of opportunity look like in, in those situations? Because I think that just a lot of kids at the face of adversity, they kind of give up, right? When really coaches at the next level, the division one level, they want to see that you're able to battle through that adversity, overcome it and, and find another gear, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we always talk about control what you can, right? So that goaltender, no, no more important than for a goaltender, right? To control what you can. You can't control yeah. you're seeing three on ones or breakaways or, right. you know, all even man situations, right? The players in front of you, but you control how you handle that and how you react, right? And you know, yeah. how you control your emotions. Uh, so yeah, all of a sudden you did, you know, a three on O comes at you and you're like, where the heck were, where are my five guys? And yeah, but now you're tasked with making that save or, you know, okay, you didn't make the save. So, you know, is it, do you have the, the ability to say, have a short memory and say, so what next, next play, um, take a drink of water and, and, and be ready because it's, if you've just given up a three on O, there's probably a pretty good chance it's coming right back at you. <laughs> right so yeah you know does does one uh turn into two three or four or is it you know do you have the resilience to to say okay no that that happened no i'm, I'm ready for what's next and and i think that's yeah. the biggest things that um i think as all players but especially goalies to be able to control what you can and mm. at the end of the day the other big thing with controlling what you can is, is then how you react uh, to those things with your teammates. I mean, yeah. Nobody's happy about, you know, giving, giving up 50 shots. Nobody's happy about odd man rushes. Uh, mm -hmm. 
but it's, it, it goes both ways, right? Because inevitably goaltenders will give up a soft goal. And, you know, do you want your 18 guys, like, screaming at you because you gave up a soft one? Or, right. Or do you want them to be like, okay, you got he's got the next one. And it goes, yeah, right. goes hand in hand, right? If a goalie's, you know, coming to the bench and, like, you guys got to get it together, um, you know, the, it, that building trust with, with your – your teammates, you know, and, and when things aren't going well, uh, I think is really important. Uh, it's a really important relationship and, and that resiliency and dealing with adversity from a goaltending end. And, you know, somebody once said, Hey, never too high, never too low. Right. For a goalie. Um, and yeah. that, that, you know, because the 18 guys are going to, just like you say, they read off of uh, their coaches with how to act. They read off their goal. Right. right. So, if goalies are calm and, and presenting themselves and that doesn't mean they're not competitive and not passionate, but you look back and say, God, does anything rattle that guy? And right, right. It's a long way. And that's, that's the, you know, when now you're looking to move up a level or, you know, coaches trying to sign off or a scholarship is like, well, okay. He gets rattled easy. You know, that from a goaltender, you can't, that's not a good trait. Right. Right. So, and, and then, and then, you know, uh, at the same time in, in my head, it, it, I mean, obviously it happens in college and junior, if, if you're not willing to kind of fill that gap and, and, you know, cause people talk about it's, it's very cliche, right? Control what you can control, but truly as a goalie, like your job is just to stop the puck, right? The coaches, no matter what happens on the ice, they want you to stop the puck. They need you to stop that puck. And if you're not kind of willing to do that job, whatever you're facing, then they're going to look in a different direction, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Like you, you, most places have goalie coaches now in some form or fashion. Some are full time, some are part time that comes in. But if you ask, you know, the non goalie coaches, hey, what's what's my job today? Stop the puck, right? I don't, care. <laughs> I don't care if you're gonna you're in the reverse VH or the VH or yeah, or you're out on you know. At the end of the day, stop the puck. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's your, as you said, that's the job. That's what the coach wants you to do. How you yeah. do it, it's going to be a little bit different, you know, for each goalie. I mean, you know, Carey Price is out on top of his crease and, and very calm and, you know, pucks hit him. And, and mm-hmm. then you've got other guys that are, you know, they're a little more uh, acrobatic and um, yeah. go that way. I mean, Dominic Hasek was phenomenal, but it, you, you're not too many people repeating his style uh, <laughs> playing the position. So, but you know, both those guys I mentioned are stopping pucks, right? So, yeah. 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 So what are some of the the characteristics that you're typically looking for in a starter at, at the college level? You know, I, I think that uh, you, as we just talked about that calm, that, um, you know, that play coaches, players, you know, they look back there and they, you know, they, they know they've got trust in them because no matter what happens they're you know, they're there, they're ready to do their job. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so that, but if you say, talk about other things, you, you know, you've got to be an athlete, you got to be athletic. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, it's a different, if you can't handle the puck, it, you, it's required the defenseman to play things differently on dunk puck. Yeah, right. 
and that. So, um, you know, that's just one thing that I think uh, goalies can separate themselves. And, um, you know, I don't know if I have never sat with a group of, of goalie coaches to say, like, how much do you guys focus on playing the puck and being able to mm. bring that skill? Um, you know, we're, yeah, I can look and I can always see them, you know, they're talking about post loads and, you know, getting out on top of your crease and yeah. the technical things that way. But do they, do they put equal, uh, you know, emphasis on being able to play the puck? Uh, because I think yeah. you, when you go into a rink and you see a goalie like that and um, yeah, do I want Just confidence? Do I want him stick handling and trying to beat the first four checker? Not necessarily, um, but <laughs> I want him to have the confidence to go back there and, and play it. And you know what? If it's a ten foot pass to a D in the corner, or uh, or fifty foot pass, uh, that he's confident in making that. And yeah. um, you know, those are always things that I you know like to you know I thought where a goalie could differentiate himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, at the end of the day, it's the biggest thing. And whether you're, you know, you know, five, six or six, five, do you compete? Right. It's one of the word. biggest things. Do you never give up on, on a puck? You always yeah. play still alive as long as the whistle hasn't blown. And it's either uh, not in your glove or not in the back of the net. Are, are you competing? And, you know, there that that aspect for a goaltender to not be denied and to continue to compete um, mm. within a play um, is super, super important. And it's not, you know, there are competitive goalies and then there's goalies that just never quit on a puck. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's a piece for, for uh, the development side of things to, and, you know, that starts in practice. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. not every sure. drill, not every drill is goalie, goalie friendly. You know, as coaches, we know that. Right. Yeah. And that's, you don't control that. You don't control what the coaches are going to do that day. So you can be upset, not like the drill and be like, okay, I'll, I'll try and make the first save, but I'm not really going to work for anything after that. Well, right. <laughs> game of hockey is about chaos, right? Yeah. Gets blocked. It goes laterally. Uh, goes off a stick, like all of those situations that happen in a hockey game, you know, can't all be scripted with, with a drill and practice, but for sure, what that drill creates can somewhat uh, the similarities of the chaos that, that can happen in, in, in a hockey game. And mm. that's where that, you know, never given up uh, on a puck attitude needs to develop. Yeah. It's funny. Almost every college coach I talk to that word comes up that compete level. Um, that seems to be a, a, a huge skill that, uh, they just love to see that it's very transferable to the next level, not just college, but even pro hockey. Right. Yeah. It, again, it's no different than what you're going to ask a, a forward or defenseman to do within a 45 second shift. Right. Right. Give me, give me what you have for 45 seconds, come back to the bench and, 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 you know, recharge and be ready to go do it again. You know, goalies yeah. stand in there for 60 minutes. So how they handle, you know, a flurry and then the puck goes up ice or there's an icing or whatever it might be. And then within that, how do you recharge? Cause you don't, you don't get a chance to go sit on the bench. <laughs> so, right. you know, that there's no one 
no one needs to be more competitive than, than the goal. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, and then I mentioned you won a national championship with Wisconsin back in 2006. Uh, amazing accomplishment to, to NAB. So congrats on that. But um, maybe you can just break down your goalies that season. You know, what made them so good and, and separated them as the best in the country and how they played and performed, you know, down the stretch when you guys were competing for the Natty title. Yeah. You know, our, our, our starter that year was Brian Elliott who's gone on oh really eh? gone on to have a a real long pro career and yeah els uh, you know we talked some of the things we talked about like you know his teammates love him he's he's quiet but when he does say something you know it means you know he doesn't talk just to talk and so if he's saying something it, it, it has meaning and his approach so he was a junior that year first year he was kind of the starter and, you know, he had waited his, his turn and, and, and was ready um, to grab the opportunity. And, and uh, as we talked about, it was a real interesting year. We got off to a great start. We were rolling. And uh, then Els got hurt. Um, and uh, we had a freshman, Shane Connolly, uh, mm -hmm. back up in, in you know, Wisconsin at the time. We kind of had a pretty good uh, two-year, like, you know, junior, freshman, senior, sophomore, and then, you know, okay, all of a sudden uh, that sophomore would take over the net as a junior when the other guy graduated. And, right. And so that was kind of where the situation we had, but you can't, can't script everything. And so then Al's got hurt and you know, now, you know, Shane goes in and he's got to handle the load for, for a window and really seeing his first significant, you know, game time uh, yeah. as a freshman in, in January. And wow. I, I give him a ton of credit because, you know, Shane, you know, he plugged the hole and, you know, we did lose some games in that stretch that, you know, uh, was different for us as a group. Right. And, uh, no, but we stayed with it. And then we, you know, we kind of came, then Els came back and we lost, I, I want to say we went into Mankato and lost two uh, with Els back. Right. I think mm. everybody thought, okay, you know, Brian's back and, it's all of a sudden just flipped the switch again. And no, we, we weren't playing great hockey at the time right? Uh, in front of our goaltenders. And, uh, you know, but there was, they had a, you know, a meeting, you know, after that road trip in the locker room and kind of refocused and we went 10 and one down the stretch uh, mm. towards winning that national championship. And, uh, you know, we won two, one, uh, against Boston College in, in Milwaukee in a, in a great game. And, and BC actually hits the post with with time running down uh, to tie it. And, wow. and, and Els is, he's, you know, very uh, flat affect, uh, good Ontario boy. And uh, right. he just said, you know, I wasn't going in. I was on the angle. So, you know, so, You're probably all shaking in your boots, eh? you know, and so that was just great. And, uh, you know, so, um, to what we've talked about earlier, you never know, like Shane didn't know, you know, right. he knew the team was rolling. He knew Brian was doing his job as the starter. And then all of a sudden in January, okay, it's your turn. And, yeah. you know, you gotta be prepared for it. And, and then for Brian coming back from injury, uh, to get back, find his game and get back to it to to make the stretch run, and 
you know, that's where, you know, goaltending tandems and their relationship is super important. Um, and, you know, just to, to watch, to watch those two and especially Brian down the stretch, uh, be so calm in that position it was fun to watch and it's, it served him well. He's been, uh, you know, he won the Jennings trophy, uh, you know, yeah. in 12 and, um, just, you know, has been a starter. He's been a backup and, but, you know, I mean, he's got to be going into his 14th year of pro hockey. Um, yeah. You know, that's pretty long, uh, good longevity there. Oh yeah. So. Uh, well, I guess for, for goalies looking to chase championships, you know, c- compete and win a division one national championship one day, or even at the junior level, you know, what's some advice do you have for them at home to, to help them ac- accomplish that one day? it's you know as we talked about earlier it's that ability to help your team win games and 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 that is partly on on the preparation uh as we say the physical and mental aspect of uh your preparation because you never know what you know no two games look exactly the same and yeah you know being prepared for whatever comes your way to help your team win games and and you know, I always say, you know, we have the we talk about the mental side of things more than we ever have. Um, and, and that is, you know, that focus and that discipline is, is a huge component, you know, for all players, but, but goaltending yeah. uh, as yeah. well. And then, as, a, as I mentioned earlier, tying all that in and, and how you are, you know, as a teammate, you know, that, that mm. important piece of, of winning championships is, is feeling like, you know, okay, the players feel like goalies got our back and goalies feeling like they got, you know, your back. And yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if you're going to make a, a long run in the playoffs, you know, there has to be that trust. Um, yes. And the preparation trust in, in the details uh, to have success. And, you yeah. know, what I was going to say earlier, I think one of the, you know, neat things is, you know, in the playoff, the NHL playoffs this year, you know, Hudobin had never really been a starter, right? And then right. now he gets the chance and he makes a run and and the trust that he built, you know, with the guys in front of him, uh, you know, went a long way to this the success they had in that run. Yeah. So he got another contract because of it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 that you know, trust factor that's out there that, Hey, this guy can do the job. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, coach Patrick, uh, you have any final words of advice for, for everybody listening that you feel passionate about sharing? I think one of the biggest things is to live in the moment. Um, there's always, Hey, where you want to get to, right. You know, prep kid wants to play junior, junior kid wants to play college, college wants to play pro. Um, but you got to, you know, to truly have success and all that, you got to have your goals, but you got to be in the moment. And, and there's, yeah. there's a patience that comes with, with being in the moment. And you probably, if you can, you know, work daily in the moment, be patient, and then ultimately be prepared when, when, when the opportunity presents itself, uh, I think you'll, I think success will find, will find you. Yeah. Well, KP, thanks for, for coming on the show, buddy. Always a pleasure catching up. And, uh, you know, obviously appreciate you taking some time. Just just love bringing on coaches with such a strong resume, such as yourself. And I know our conversation today is just going to shed a, a ton of light, you know, much needed light on what it takes to, to play and be successful, uh, not just at the college level, but become a professional goaltender as well. So uh, can you just let my audience know where they can find you or your school online? 
Yeah, culver.org is uh, our main uh, main website, and then culverathletics.com. Uh, those two websites will get you, you know, get you to our, our school and our hockey program, and uh, you know, a great history and tradition, um, you know, here uh, at Culver. So, yeah. So uh, so go check out uh, Culver Academy, amazing school, by the way. Um, you know, uh, you guys going to be playing Avon at all this year or no, you know, I, I don't, I don't see us playing Avon this year, but I do have a, uh, a good Avon story for you to conclude with here. Um, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, you know, my boys are at Salisbury, big rival. Uh, big oh yeah. Huge rival. And with all the different shutdowns in the Northeast and the States, um, you only, very few prep schools kind of stayed and were playing in November. And, but right. Salisbury was, Avon was, and Canterbury. And so there was a, a three-game series with Salisbury and Avon uh, right before American Thanksgiving. And uh, nice. a great battle. Um, Salisbury, Did you get to go watch? I didn't. I was watching it on the live stream, and they played Friday. Oh, got it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and you know Coach Boyle, who was my goalie, uh, who I played with at Deerfield. You know, yeah. live stream went down, and he was giving me the updates. Uh, <laughs> one of the one game that that Avon did win of the three was yeah. Coach Gardner's 800th win. Oh, was it? So think you know, think about that. You know, Coach Gardner, a legend, legend out there for Avon, and. Uh, yeah. You know, getting his 800th win there, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, my, my boys in Salisbury there. So, uh, fun stuff and small hockey world for sure. Yeah. Crazy. He's been around for how long has he been coaching? I, I don't even know, like four, 50 <laughs> years almost. Well, I know we, I'm pretty sure he got to Avon in, in the mid seventies. So he's definitely pushing 50 years. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think my close to thirty is is a big number. And then you look at you think you'll get there too, or <laughs> I I'm lucky. Uh, I say I have yeah. a day in my life because I get to get to do something I love. So uh, yeah, for sure. We'll see. But you start Coach Gardner's put in quite a run, and and I I don't know if he's you know stopping anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, uh, uh, go check out KP's resume on Elite Prospects. Uh, the guy's one of the most uh, experienced coaches I know at the next level who's just experienced massive amounts of success throughout his career with his teams. And uh, I know you got plenty of good years uh, left ahead of you, Coach, but I'm grateful for you coming on. Uh, always a pleasure talking about some old times. You take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, KP. All right, Mike. Thanks for everything. Thanks for having me on. All the best. All right, Mike, thanks for everything. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show. 
in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week I have one of the top goaltending coaches in Canada coming on the show, Sean Murray with Performance Goalie Schools, based out in the greater Vancouver area in BC, Canada. And uh, Sean just has an extensive amount of experience working with countless goalies that have gone to the next level, you know, all the way from minor hockey to junior to prep to college to pro. Uh, the major junior, you know, uh, tons of experience there. So it was, was a great conversation. And uh, Sean is a well-known figure in the goalie community and was awesome to have him on. So I, I know you guys are going to love our convo next week. So make sure to tune back. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month. And, and that includes books. Uh, different products, training products, uh, NeuroTracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the future the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.